Well, my dog Charlie uh, has a fear of missing out, and it's an, it's an extreme fear. He'll follow us to any room, no matter what we're doing, because uh, he just doesn't want to miss out on anything. Through our fence in the back corner of our lot, uh, our, our lot is pretty close to some of the neighbor's yards back in that corner, and a few people have moved in recently and put in jungle gyms for kids and stuff. And Charlie, when we let him out, will go straight to the back corner and just lay down on the ground and just wait for the chance to see kids because he knows he's seen them in the past. Sometimes I, I test how much he'll follow me around, and so I'll just get up and go down the stairs, and he comes with me, and I'll go up the stairs, and he'll come with me, and I'll go down the stairs, and he still goes with me, and up and down. I've done it 10 times, and he still (laughs) continues to follow where I go, because he just doesn't want to miss out. When he was a puppy, we couldn't do anything else while he was supposed to be eating, because if we got up and left, he would just follow us instead of eating his food. He has a fear of missing out. Isaiah 55 is a call to God's people to not miss out on what he has done for us. I'll invite you to turn uh, to page 635 in your pew Bibles, Uh, but the words are on the screen. Isaiah 55, we're going to read all 13 verses. It's also okay just to let the words wash over you as as I read out loud. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, And nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the, for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. 
you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Let's pray. Father God, we do come before you this morning and we do and we thank you for your word. And we pray that you would allow it to wash over us and sink deep into us. We pray that we would hear your call. You desire that we pay attention to all that you've done and that we receive it not just as information, not as fact, not, as, not only as something that has happened, but that we would receive it as something that has happened for us. And so as we reflect on your word today, we pray that you would reveal yourself, reveal your heart, reveal your love, and draw us close to you and close to Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah 53 establishes a renewed eternal covenant with God's people. As I was reading and studying this week, John Oswald, uh, one of the Isaiah scholars that I turned to, describes that Isaiah 53, this powerful and beautiful poem, that we studied last week, is this climax in Isaiah. It's a turning point. And the rest of Isaiah has a different tone than everything that came up to Isaiah 53. It's important for us to recognize that while Isaiah 53 was, was a cherished part of the Word of God, the servant songs in Isaiah were not always understood to be messianic. People didn't automatically think that these descriptions of the servant were descriptions of the Messiah who was coming. They thought they were beautiful stories, beautiful songs describing the plight of God's people on earth. That while they would suffer, good things would come. And they locked into the descriptions of the Messiah, of this bold, grand king who would return in glory and power and make all things right. And Isaiah 53 tells us that this great king who will come will truly make all things right, but he will do it through sacrifice. And it wasn't until Jesus came and the Holy Spirit revealed to God's people that the king they were waiting for was the suffering servant in Jesus. That all things came together. But Isaiah, regardless of how much he fully understood what God was communicating through him, tells us this story and hinges his communication with God's people around this bold fact that the king that was coming 
from the Lord would suffer on behalf of God's wayward people. And so, in Isaiah 53, God says, I am doing this incredible work. You are my people, and I love you, and you have gone astray. And Isaiah has told us again and again and again through all these chapters about our inclination toward idols. We love the things of the world. We turn to them. And we can see them, we can feel them, we can touch them. It makes sense that, it makes, that they make so much sense to us and we love them so much. But God continues to call out to his people and say, I am the one you need. Trust me above all the things that you can see. And as God describes in Isaiah 53, that the Messiah will come and suffer he reestablishes this eternal covenant that he has made with his people. And it's important for us to recognize as well that this new covenant instituted and fulfilled in Jesus really began as God started talking about it in the Old Testament. Isaiah, in chapter 55, says this is a covenant, this everlasting covenant was one that God made with David. When David promised that there would always be a king on the throne in the lineage of David. But we learn, as we learn through all the facts and the struggles of exile, that we see that the first covenant that God made with his people at Sinai was broken. The people stood before the Lord and said, all these things you've told us, we will do. And again and again and again, they failed to do it. And God called out to them and said, come, follow me. And they would kind of reinitiate and be in a pretty good place for a little while, and then they'd turn again. And God warned them and warned them and warned them. And then he punished them in the exile. And that symbolizes the fact that the first covenant was done. The people had not kept it. And God was already initiating a new covenant that would not be up to them, up to us. It, that's what makes it this everlasting covenant. Is that the one who upholds it is not us, but God himself. That because Jesus came and paid the price as the suffering servant for all of our sin, all our waywardness, all our idolatry, the covenant remains fulfilled in him. So this new covenant that Jesus describes that we'll hear him describe even in the words of institution that we'll use later today in communion. God has already been preparing his people for this new everlasting covenant that would be fulfilled in the Messiah. 
And it's described for us in Isaiah 53, and it's celebrated in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 proclaims a number of things. The first is that the Lord wants to bless his people. Despite all the hard things that God has had to say to his people, Isaiah 55 says, come to me, come to the waters, come experience with me, from me, all the good things that I have done for you, all the things that I have prepared for you. And in the final verses of Isaiah 55, it says, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, will grow the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. And this will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. God says, I want to bless you. Come to me and receive it. Don't turn to the things of the world. Come to me. He says, come to the waters. And for those of you who have no money, come and buy milk and wine. And that could sound kind of harsh, but he, he says, come buy milk and wine without money and without cost. You can just come and receive it because I've already bought it for you. I've prepared it for you. It's my gift to you. And so this renewed, everlasting covenant really is the same covenant that we find in Jesus. The same truth described here in Isaiah 55 is the same that we hear echoed in places like Ephesians, 5, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The everlasting covenant established by God is everlasting because it's sustained and fulfilled by him and him alone. It is not dependent on our obedience or our perfection. As many times as we say, I surrender all and I give all to Jesus. We know that even in that moment, there's brokenness in us that makes what we're declaring not fully true even though we desire that it would be true. But our brokenness and our waywardness does not break the new covenant established for us by this suffering servant, Jesus Christ. But God wants to bless his people and that's celebrated in Isaiah 55. He says, I have done great and mighty things for you. Come and receive it. Come and have your life changed. Come and experience fullness that you could not accomplish on your own. Come. It's for you. The Lord urges us to participate. He says, come. Don't miss out on this. Come and listen. Listen, take this seriously. Come and seek the Lord while he may be found. Because today, while you hear this message, you have the opportunity to respond and to receive all that I have, all I have prepared for you. But if you turn from me, if you wait, 
you don't know what's coming next. You don't know how long you have. You don't know when I'm going to return and wrap all these things up. But seek the Lord while he may be found. If you are hearing this message today, God says to you, it's for you. And you might think, ah, but think of all the things that I've done, all the things that have been in my way, all the stumbling blocks that I've even put before me. But God says, if you're hearing this message, it's for you. I meant it for you on purpose. Come, follow me. Leave all the regret. Leave all the things of the world. Leave those things behind. And just listen to my voice. Follow me and come here because everything you need, I have. God urges us to participate. Come, come, come. Don't miss this. Seek the Lord. Listen to me. Here, described again, all the benefits I have for you. Come. This is for you. You don't want to miss this. Isaiah 55 also proclaims that the Lord is worthy of our trust. He says he's different than we are. His ways are not our ways. The ways that we would be tempted or compelled to respond to other people's brokenness, to other people's sin, he handles it differently. Though we would tire of forgiveness, especially the same thing again and again and again, and we would start to allow bitterness hardness to grow in our hearts so that we would just be separated from the people who can't learn to do better and keep hurting us and betraying us in the same ways. God says, I have a different plan. I'm actually going to take the full penalty, the full weight and pain of all your sin on me and forgive you. Come and experience it. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. He says, like the rains come from heaven, and they always nourish the ground. So my word, as I speak it, always accomplishes what I want to do. So as I speak this invitation to you today, know that it's for you, and that if you come to me, Everything I've promised you is real. It's for you. And it's available to you right now because of Jesus. God continues throughout Isaiah to remind us that we can trust him, that everything he's said is true. He predicted things, and they came true. He told his people about the exile, and they landed in exile. He told people he would bring them out of exile. He brought them out of exile. He named the leader of Persia who would defeat Babylon, and sure enough, 
Cyrus was the guy. Now, his people haven't experienced all of that yet. But for us, as we look back, we know for sure all the things that God told his people would happen did. For them, Jesus is still far into the future, and it's this mysterious concept that they don't know how to anticipate. But we get to look back and see, oh my gosh. God himself, he didn't just provide a human king who could do great and mighty things. God himself came to us and sacrificed his life on the cross for us. Surely if the one who is righteous and judges our sin would be the one who would die in our place, surely we can trust that he will forgive us and give us life if that's what he said he will do. The Lord is worthy of our trust. And so God's grace is good and life-giving. And God urges us to come to seek him out and to repent. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. There is no better news than this. And Isaiah didn't even get to see all of it as he was declaring this before the people the way we get to see it and understand it. God has truly done all of this. And he says, come, don't miss this. Don't trick yourself into thinking this is for someone else because it's for you. If you're hearing this message, God says you can trust that you're hearing it on purpose because everywhere my word gets sent out, it does its work. And Paul tells us in Romans that the gospel, the word of God, declared over us this good news is actually the very power of God to change us, to rescue us, to save us. We don't even have to muster up the strength inside ourselves to make it happen. All we have to do is know that the power is in the Word of God and receive it as God's message to us. To respond as he invites us today. Say, come, come to me. Let this be for you because I have done everything that you need. There's nothing more that you need to do but receive it. Let's pray. Father God, many of us have heard this message before. We know it. 
we've memorized it in various ways. Yet it is world changing. It changes our lives, it changes our perspective on all things. Through the gospel, you make us whole, you forgive our sins, you remove our guilt. You make us right with you, and we don't have to live in fear of you. We don't have to live in fear of anything. You bring peace that makes no sense in the brokenness of the world. And you invite us to come. And so, Father God, we pray that today you would help us to hear this message as a message directly to each of us. That we, you, we would hear you speak through the chaos of our daily lives right now, all the stresses we're facing, all the human and worldly answers that we're tempted to latch onto, all our fears, our anger, our pain and frustration that would keep us from you. We pray that you'd speak through all of that and help us to see you for who you are the trustworthy one who took on the weight of our sin, conquered it, put it away so that we could be with you. Lord, we pray, I pray, that as we reflect on your word today, that no one would miss the chance to recognize that this is your word to us me to each of us so we pray that you would do your work in us and that as you promised where your word goes it does its work it is effective and it never fails let that be true in us today in jesus name amen